0: Welcome back to another episode of Catastrophe's Sleepy Bobo's Tales. Um, uh, Today I'm going to start off with uh, one of several factual pieces I will read I guess and this one comes from uh, a a suggestion by my son Tycho who has probably read this book so many times the pages are falling out. Uh, It's called Just Disgusting. It's one of Uh, four in the just books and it's by Andy Griffiths and illustrated by Terry Denton and I think they are probably Tycho's two favouritest authors and illustrators in the entire world. I'm not going to read you any of the very disgusting uh, uh, tales that this involves but I will read you the beginning which is, or sorry, the first chapter which is 101 really disgusting things. Let's see if I if I can get to it in four minutes. Brussels sprouts, maggots, Brussels sprouts with maggots on them, picking your nose, picking your nose and eating it, picking somebody else's nose and eating it, scabs, scabs with maggots, maggots with scabs, shower plug hole hair, the slimy stuff that comes out of the shower plug hole when you pull on the shower plug hole hair. Animals that get squished in the middle of the road and then get run over a whole lot of times until they're just disgusting red blobs. Dog poo. Accidentally standing in dog poo and getting it on the bottom of your shoe. Getting dog poo on your fingers when you're trying to get the dog poo off the bottom of your shoe. Eating a sausage roll and thinking that it tastes like dog poo and then realising that that's probably because you forgot to wash your hands after trying to get the dog poo off the bottom of your shoe bad breath. Cockroaches. Headless cockroaches. Disgusting true fact number one, cockroaches can live for nine days without their heads. Headless cockroaches with maggots coming out of the holes where their heads used to be. People who stay in in the swimming pool all day long and don't get out, not even to go to the toilet. The story about the woman who went to Africa and came back with a mysterious lump that kept moving all around her body and then one day the lump was gone and her eye was really itchy and she looked into the mirror and there were all these tiny white baby spiders coming out of her eye. Danny's handkerchief. It hasn't been washed for two and a half years. Makes a crackling sound when unfolded. Dirty undies. Your guts. Your guts. Disgusting true fact number two. If you took your guts out of your stomach and stretched them out, you would have enough to circle a football oval three and a half times. When some stupid old song from the last century comes on the radio and your parents start dancing and kissing right in front of you. Zombies. Flesh-eating zombies. Flesh-eating zombies with really bad breath because they forgot to clean their teeth after feasting. Earwax dirty nappies, blood clots, collecting your blood clots in an old jam jar and using them to make red paint, eating a piece of toast and jam and thinking that it tastes a little bit like toast and blood clots and then realizing that's probably because you accidentally put the jam jar full of blood clots back into the food cupboard instead of your paint box, spit, a whole cup of spit, Drinking a a cup of cold water and realising that you just drank a cup of cold spit by mistake. Sniffing one end of the strand of spaghetti up your nose. Coughing up the other end of the strand of spaghetti and letting it hang out of your mouth. Grabbing one end of the strand of spaghetti with one hand and the other end of the spaghetti with your other hand and sliding it backwards and forth. Pulling the strand of spaghetti out of your nose and eating it pulling a strand of spaghetti out of somebody else's nose and eating it. Mustering my inner small-town dodgy club DJ. uh, You're up to number 44 in the uh, Andy Griffith's Just Disgusting list of 101 Most Disgusting Things Ever. Spew. 45. Sooty's spew. 46. Sooty eating his spew. 47. Sooty re-spewing his spew. Sooty re-eating the re-spewed spew he just spewed, etc., etc., etc. Spew with maggots in it. When you spew so hard that it comes out of your nose. When you break an egg and it's got blood in it. When you break an egg and it's got blood blood and half-formed chickens in it. When the half-formed chicken drags its mutant body across the floor plate, across the bloody plate, towards you, saying, Mama, Mama. Slugs. Really big, fat, slimy slugs. A really big, fat, slimy slug doing a strip tease. Old black squashy bananas. Finding an old black squashy banana squashed all over the bottom of your school bag at the end of the school holidays. Finding a broken egg in the bottom of your school bag at the end of the school holidays. And there's a half-formed chicken dragging its mutant body around saying, Mama, Mama. An outside dunny that doesn't flush but just has a big deep hole under the seat. And it's full of flies. And maggots dropping your new watch into the deep hole in the outside dunny and while you're trying to get it out you lean over a little bit too far and you fall in and you can't yell out for help because the flies and maggots fill up your mouth and you can't get them out because you're too busy trying to keep yourself afloat. Puss. A swimming pool full of pus accidentally dropping your new watch into a swimming pool full of pus. And when you try to get out, you lean over a little bit too far and you fall in and you can't yell out for help because the maggots fill up your mouth and you can't get them out because you're too busy trying to keep yourself afloat. I think I forgot to mention that there were maggots in the swimming pool full of pus, but there are. There are maggots in the pus. Biting into an apple and finding a worm. Biting into an apple and finding half a worm. Biting into an apple and finding a headless cockroach. Biting into an apple and realizing that it wasn't an apple at all. It was just a big wet blood-stained fur ball that your cat coughed up into the fruit bowl that morning. Realizing that you're following your cat around hoping that it will cough up another big wet blood-stained fur ball because she liked the taste of the first one so much. Spiders. Spider's guts. Their stomachs contain powerful enzymes designed to liquefy everything they come in contact with. Hitting a spider with a hammer and the contents of its abdomen fly out and hit you in the eye. When your eyeball liquefies and it dribbles down your face and makes everybody who sees you rather either scream or vomit, or both. Standing outside with your mouth open and a fly flies in so you, and you're so surprised that you swallow it. Standing outside and you look up and a bird poos in your eye. Standing outside and you look up and a bird poos in your mouth. Standing outside and you've just had a bird poo in your eye and your mouth and looking down, realizing that you've just stepped in dog poo. See numbers 13 to 16. People who fold their eyelids back so you see the reddish white bit underneath. Burps. People who can burp the alphabet. For example, Danny Pickett. People who try to burp the alphabet but try a little bit too hard and end up vomiting instead. For example, me. Farts. People who can fart the alphabet. People who try to fart the alphabet but you try a little bit too hard and... Lumpy milk. Lumpy milk with maggots in it. Only realising the milk is lumpy and has maggots in it when it's in your mouth only realising that the milk is lumpy and has maggots in it after you've actually swallowed it. And then when you've swallowed the lumpy milk with maggots in it and you spew so hard that the maggots come out of your nose, spew with maggots in it. Yes, I know this has already been on the list, but it's just so disgusting I had to put it on again. Just Disgusting, Chapter 1, Part 3. 95. The Smell of Dead Fish 96. The smell of a cat's breath after it's been eating dead fish. Disgusting true fact number four. Scientific studies have shown that 90% of all the dirt under people's fingernails is not, in fact, dirt. It's feces. That's the scientific name for poo. The other 10% is peanut butter. Watching television and seeing them open up somebody's stomach and seeing the person's guts. 99. Playing around with a sharp knife and accidentally opening your own stomach and seeing all your own guts. Number 100 playing around with a sharp knife and accidentally opening your own stomach and seeing all your guts fall out of your stomach and all over the floor. And then a dog runs in and eats them and then it spews them up again and then it re-eats them and then it does a poo and you're just standing there with your mouth open and a fly flies in and you're so surprised that you swallow it. And then a bird comes in and poos in your eye and you can't see anything. So you're staggering around blindly, clutching your throat and you step on the dog poo and you go sliding out of control and crash down into the bath which is full of pus and dead fish and scabs and Brussels sprouts all bobbing around and you pull the plug so that you don't drown but you accidentally pull the plug hole hair uh, uh, the plug hole hair up with it and the and attached to the end is the half-formed mutant chicken and it's going mama mama and uh, you're so disgusted uh, that you say something I can't repeat forgetting that if you hear something I can't repeat. Your head explodes, so your head explodes and your tongue flies into the toilet and your eyes go into the spider's web and the spider starts liquefying them, which is kind of lucky because then your mum and dad come waltzing into the bathroom, smooching and kissing and they say, hmm, I wonder whose body that is. And then they start eating it because they're not really your mother and father at all. They're flesh-eating zombies and you think things can't possibly get any more disgusting and then they do because a big fat slug comes in and starts doing a strip tease which you can't see but you can sense so your headless gutless half-eaten corpse runs out of the house and onto the busy road yelling help me my parents are flesh-eating zombies and there's a slug doing a strip tease in the bathroom but none of the cars stop because nobody in their right minds would stop for a headless, gutless half-eaten corpse. They're just run they'll just run over you and over you and over you until you're just a disgusting red blob in the middle of the road. Well, mostly red, except for the pus and the little bits and the little white bits which are the remains of the maggots. Oh, I think I forgot to mention that there are maggots in the pus, but there are maggots in the pus a hundred and one this list see numbers one to a hundred and one. The next factual texts come from um, a book that my husband gave me called Thing Explainer, Complicated Stuff in Simple Words. It's written by Randall Munro, who's done a fantastic job of explaining quite difficult concepts using only the 1,000 most commonly used words in the English language. So there's no jargon, no multi-syllabic words. and it's fascinating the way he can describe things so well. So we're going to play a little game, not play a little game, but let's play a little game. Um, I'm going to read out a few of the sort of, uh, the, I guess, top notes of the pages of some of these pages and you see if you can work out what he's talking about. Starting with skyboat with turning wings. Normal sky boats have to go fast. So the air hits their wings hard enough to hold them up. If they fly too slow, they fall. Sometimes falling makes them go fast enough to fix it. This boat works just like those sky boats, but it uses a cool idea. Instead of the whole boat going fast, only its wings go fast. The rest of the boat can go as slowly as it wants, or even stop and sit in one place in the sky. If a normal sky boat had wings that went faster than its body, the wings would fly away. But this boat's wings go in a circle that keeps them near enough to hold on while while still going around fast enough to fly that of course was the helicopter oh let's see how high can a skyboat go sorry i'm just seeing these little subtexts a skyboat with turning wings needs more air to push against than a normal skyboat up high where normal skyboats fly the air is thin because it's closer to space very few turning wing sky boats can fly to the tops of the tallest mountains, but normal skyboats can fly over them with no problems. But a turning wing skyboat can, can still go farther above sea than most underwater boats can go below it. Turning the pages now let's have a little look see at a food heating radio box. These boxes use radio waves to heat food. Radio waves push on the tiny pieces pieces water is made of and make them go faster. When tiny pieces in something move faster, that thing gets hotter. If you send enough radio waves through water, the water heats up. Food heating radio boxes can heat up cold food you saved and let you buy food that's full of ice keep it for a long time and then heat it and get rid of the ice. These boxes make it much easier for people to eat without spending a long time making their food. You can also use a radio box to take fresh food like fish and heat it up and turn it into different kinds of food, just like you do with other heating boxes in your kitchen. But it can be hard to use for that, so be careful, especially with food made from animals. I forgot to mention what the previous text was about, but I'm sure you all got it that it was in fact a microwave. Let's move on to a lifting room from Thing Explainer. A lifting room is a box that carries people up and down in a building. Today's cities wouldn't make sense without lifting rooms. If we had tall buildings without them, everyone would want to stay on their own floors because going up or down would take a lot more work than going the same distance to the side. Tall buildings might have to join up with others, and people would mostly move between them while staying on their own floors. Most lifting rooms go straight up and down. A few go to the side while going up and down to take people to the top of a hill. There are also lifting rooms that only move side to side. Those are called trains. Lifting rooms are safe. There's almost no way they can fall. There are a lot of different parts that help lift them. And each part is made to stop the room instead of letting it go. If something goes wrong. That of course is an elevator. Boat that goes under the sea. Needs no explanation. I'm sure we've always had boats that go under the sea but in the last few hundred years we've learned how to make ones that come back up at first we used those boats to shoot at other boats making holes in them or stick to them that or stick things to them that blew up later we found a new use for these boats keeping our city burning machines hidden safe and ready to use if there's a war world ending boat this boat the boat show okay, so there's a diagram here, but they're basically still talking about the, the same thing. The boat shown here carries up to two dozen city burning war machines. People have added up the power used during the Second World War, all the machines that blew up, all the guns that fired, and all the cities that burned. It's a lot of firepower. Each of these boats carries carries several times that much. Special sea words. Most of the time, if you call a really big boat a boat, people who know a lot about boats will get mad at you. But boats that go under the sea are really called boats. Okay, let's move on. That of course is your submarine, your stock standard submarine. What about a box that cleans food holders? This box is a machine that cleans plates and cups by throwing water at them. The water is full of cleaning stuff, which helps the water stick to the food and pull it off. If you fill a cleaning box the wrong way, it may not clean well. After people see this happen a few times, they can get strong ideas about the right way to fill a plate cleaner. When people with different ideas about these machines start living together, this can lead to fights. Some ideas are clear to everyone. Like that you should always point cups down so they don't end up full of food water. There's more, but you don't need to fight over it. There's a book that goes with your plate cleaner and it shows how you should fill it. If you've lost the book, you can usually read it for free using a computer, i.e. a dishwasher. Big flat rocks we live on. The surface of the earth is made up of big flat rocks moving around. The rocks under the land areas are usually thick, slow-moving and last for a long time. And the ones under seas are thin, heavy and move fast. Fast for a rock, that is. They move about as fast as the things on the end of your fingers grow. When a sea rock hits a land rock, the sea rock is usually pushed under it, down into the earth. Areas where this happens often have deep seas right near land lines of mountains shaking ground, and big waves that of course are our tectonic plates thing explainer by randall munro part three machine for burning cities at the end of the biggest war in history less than a hundred years before this book was written some people figured out how to make a small piece of heavy metal heat up like the sun they could make the metal get so hot that it would blow up with enough light and fire to burn a whole city and send up clouds of dust that made people sick. Two of the machines were used in that war and each one burned a city and killed many, many people. After the war, we learned to make the fire from the machines even bigger and hotter and built flying carriers that could send them anywhere in the world in just a few minutes. There was no way to stop these machines, so many countries built them and hid them under the ground so that no one could attack them without getting attacked back. Everyone worried that a new war would start at any minute. We spent many years like that, each side waiting for the other to attack and start the war that would end the world. We're less afraid now, and most people don't think that war will happen, but we still have the machines the machine. The first machines had one part that blew up, but a few years later, we learned to make the fire a lot bigger by putting two parts together. The top part uses a normal fire to start the runaway fire. Oh, I've read this in the wrong order. Let me start this a bit again by saying, by talking about the first runaway fire. Everything is made of tiny pieces. Around the start of the Second World War, we learned that the pieces of a few special heavy metals could be made to break in half. We also learned that when they break, they let out a little flash of heat and some tiny fast pieces. So back to the machine. The first machine had one part that blew up, but a few years later, we learned how to make the fire a lot bigger by putting two parts together. The top part uses normal fire to start the runaway fire in a special metal in, in the special metal. Then the bottom part uses that special fire to start an even bigger runaway fire in a light air or metal. That second fire is the kind that powers the sun. The light metal's runaway fire can let out even more power than the heavy metal kind but it takes so much heat and force to get it started that, that we can only do it with the help of a runaway fire in a heavy metal. Now that's heavy man, that I guess is a nuclear bomb. What about a water broom? Let's finish this session with a water broom. This is one of the best things humans have ever built. Over the past few hundred years, we've learned a lot about why people get sick. We've learned how the, thing, how the things that travel make us sick, and we've learned ways to stop them. We've learned that often, when we get sick, it's because a kind of life has gotten into our bodies and is trying to grow in us. Our body can often fight this off, but while we're fighting it, it uses the things that come out of our body, often by helping more of them out, to spread itself to other people. By learning how to bring water into our buildings and how to make it carry things away from our body without touching others, we've found a way to fight back against the things that have killed so many of us. This is an important room. Okay. Uh, We have a hole opener. When you push this up and down, it opens and closes the hole at the bottom of the catcher. There is a catcher and a water bringer There are wall sounds. Sometimes when you turn off the water in an old house, you hear loud sounds from the wall like a big rock hitting something. That's the sound of water hitting a stopper. When you turn on the water bringer in a house, there's a long train of water all moving together towards the hole where it's coming out. When you turn it back off, all that water has to stop. Water moves around a lot, but it can't really get smaller. When the front part of the water train hits the stopper, since it can't get smaller, there's no place for it to go. It all has to stop right away. The force of the water train, all stopping at once, hits the metal around it really hard, making a loud noise. And that, I think, is it for this session.